at 10 seconds. Now we can eliminate the refrigerator noise. Yeah, there's a refrigerator. Yeah. Got to keep our food cold somehow. All right. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. How about you all? I'm doing good. This is our first recording with everybody here. Yeah. All three of us here. All in the same room. And we're trying to lean towards the mic. Uh, and it's very difficult <laughs> yes, to remember to do so. as you can. Um, so what are we doing today? Well, first let's introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. Mm. Man, I'm the one that mm. usually has to remind you. Mm. I am Cece. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm James. And this is the 13th Floor Podcast, where we talk about all things strange. And today, we are specifically talking about vampires. But I want to ask you all, because I know I went off, I may have gone off the beaten path, but ours are all things that may have inspired vampires or actual possible vampires. More inspiration. I mean, some of them it is debatable, but yeah, we're doing sort of the big three, the trifecta of historical vampires. Yes. Oh, they're fun. I mean, mine's a little dark, but Uh, please pardon my laughter during some of it because it's just so absurd. It's kind of hard to imagine that this is real. Yeah. Uh, Mine is very dark. And I think that mine's probably the darkest out of all three of ours. Easily. Yeah. 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 So um, who's going first? We didn't really decide who's going first. Well, while you you all think about it, I have a question for you all. Oh, yeah. I thought of one, and then I completely forgot it. So uh, we're going to have a new one. And <laughs> that new question is, what is the best Italian food? The best Italian <laughs> food? Yes. Oh, that is that is not what I was... What did you think? I, I don't know. I was going to ask something else, and I can't remember what it was. So this is a... We had lasagna tonight. So that's why I'm thinking it was, about it. It was delicious lasagna. Lasagna is my favorite food ever, so it's probably just lasagna. Really? So it's not yeah. something like tortellini? Or? No, lasagna. It's the best. It's like five plus layers of pasta. Pasta and cheese? Yeah, pasta and cheese, <laughs> my two favorite things. So lasagna you know, makes my heart sing. But some people are turned off by ricotta. Well, those people, you know, I to do, each their own. I do think those people are insane. Yeah. Well, well you, wait, James. Do you do you dislike ricotta? I love ricotta. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I, going, I thought I was in the room with a serial killer no, for a second. No, no ricotta. One, and of my, <laughs> one of my best friends doesn't like ricotta though. <laughs> and I love her. Well, that's no friend. Of <sighs> Just kidding. <laughs> I know who it is. Um, <laughs> uh, what about you, James? Uh, I was gonna say ravioli because it's always a surprise, the nice little thing in the middle. But like in terms of what I eat the most, gnocchi. I love gnocchi. What the heck is gnocchi? Well, you, you've had it before. You've had gnocchi. What is it? Just tell me what it is. I'll tell you if I've had it's it. It's the little round potato ones that oh, are yeah, so good. Those the are texture, good. The texture is what makes gnocchi. Oh, yeah. it's like G-O-N. Sorry, G-N-O-C-C-H-I. Okay. Yep, I've had that before. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is, is not as well versed in Italian as some of us at this table. Just give me some. Well, it's kind of hard for me because it's pizza cl- really no, classified it as Italian food. It, That's more of an American thing, well, right? Well, it's it's Italian, but like when you say Italian food, I think you mean pasta. Okay, like, you know. Well, this was my question. You all are changing my rules, so I <laughs> guess I'll go with. <laughs> I think I'll go with something like fettuccine, maybe. Uh, like I'm a big spaghetti fan, but 
I feel like if I was on a desert island, well, no, if I was on a desert island, then spaghetti would take me longer than. Yeah, I would say. I'd be, I'd be barfing. Tropical fettuccine. I'd be like that. I'd be like the uh, Michael Scott in the office. That's what I think of every time I think of fettuccine. (laughs) Barfing everywhere. Oh yeah. So I guess, I guess, just like normal spaghetti for me. Uh, I'm pretty. I like to try new things, but the classics. You're the plain Jane today. That's where it's usually it's me. Okay, vampires. Did you decide who's going first? Um, yes, it is me because I you got the depressing one. Yeah, I've got the darkest one. James, are you bleeding? Yes. <laughs> I, I cut my hand to get in the spirit of the vampire. Part. <laughs> all right, all right. No. Do, do you need a, a band aid? Uh, no, I'm fine. Okay, but, but you know it's interesting. Like vampires, I have an aversion to a certain metal, and that's why I'm bleeding right now. I've come in contact with not silver, but tin. Oh. So that's that's what's happened here. So you're bleeding because you touched tin. Yes. So you can't is that, drink. Is that is that normal? I've never met anyone else who does it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, oh, God. let's just hop into the stories of Elizabeth Bathory, you guys. Now, have you guys heard of Elizabeth Bathory? Oh, yeah. As a metal fan, it's impossible not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I want to think, I want to think, unfortunately, I can't. I think I've heard of her on a podcast where they talked about her going around killing people, but I'm not 100% certain that this was the same person. She was a bad mamma jamma. Oh, yeah? She was she was evil. If all of the everything about her is true. There so, are some um, conflicting reports on her, and I just want to get my sources out of the way at the very beginning. Um, so I got a lot of my information from a video titled Elizabeth Bathory, The Blood Countess. Oh, that's a good name. Yes, yeah, it's by Biographics on YouTube. That is a really cool channel um, right. in case you guys... Really? It's, it was really cool. I actually ended up watching like 10 different videos about 10 different people. I was say that video you were watching is lasting forever because uh, you were had those headphones yeah. in for a long time. Yeah, well, I've listened to many. <laughs> um, and then I also got a lot of information from Britannica.com. Yeah. yeah. It's still relevant. It's still relevant. Okay, so who is Elizabeth Bathory, a.k.a. the Blood Countess? Also sometimes called Countess Dracula. She was pure evil, you guys. She's actually been crowned by Guinness World Records as the most prolific female serial killer in all history. Wow. How exciting. Yes. So So, I guess you probably don't know the, the male number for... Like what, like what? Where are you going with this? How, what's the biggest number for a male serial oh. killer? I think that yours is probably. Well, no, he's not a serial killer because he's he's kind of a king ish. Yeah, yeah a serial call, killer. I would, call, I would call that political motivation. <laughs> yeah. really a... I mean, he did have. Well, we're not talking about Vlad right now. Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. We're talking about Elizabeth Bathory. Do not step. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Jesus. Okay, so anyways. How many people did she kill, you guys? Yes. Um, well, you got to listen to find out, okay? We're oh. going to talk about that later. So, um, what was her life like? She was born on August 7th, 1560 in Hungary, which is now modern-day Slovakia. And her name, while well, we call her Elizabeth Bathory, her name's actually Erzabet. That's, how, yeah, that's, that's why you've been walking around the house saying Erzabet yeah. all the time. Erzabet. <laughs> yes, 
I think that's a really fun name to say. Thank mm. you. But there are a lot of people who have really fun names to say in my story. Okay, let's hear. Hers is just the first one. So Urjabet Bathory. Uh, she came from a very prominent noble family. So she grew up with all of the finer things in life. She had an education. She could apparently speak like five languages. So she was very intelligent. And she obviously had lots of money. All the best clothes. Ooh. At least in the paintings that I've seen of her. She looked very well dressed. 100 as the kids say. Yeah, 100 as the kids say. <laughs> so nowadays. Uh, but she was exposed to some not so great things in her childhood. Apparently her parents would beat the slaves if they as one not, does yeah not beat the slaves be the servants oh okay. yeah was, was she a servant oh she saw them beating servants. she saw them beating servants okay. and apparently she had a very dark sense of humor which doesn't oh, surprise hey. me one bit about her our people have this, something in common <laughs> yeah she, um, <laughs> but in in the video that i saw by biographics they actually said that when she was a child she saw some uh someone accused of robbery who was being punished, but they were sewing him into the body of a, a horse. What? And she just laughed at it. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious, apparently. I mean, you, you do that or you cry. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, she apparently grew up in a society where that was like a normal that was thing. A, yeah, that was a normal to punish thing someone. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the servants at her house were regularly beaten, so she saw that all the time. Um, and when she was 10, she became engaged to 15-year-old Ferenc. Some say, I found different pronunciations for his name, but Ferenc or Ferenc Nadowski. Ferenc sounds like somebody that would get murdered. Well, he, he, he did the murder. Oh. He was a soldier, you guys. He was a brutal soldier. Um, but I'll get more to that in a second. Um, so she married Ferenc on May 8th, 1574-75. The dates kind of vary according to different Different sources. Um, so I'm going to say she was about 14 when she got married to this guy. Probably the Orthodox calendar. Yeah. Like that, that tends to mess with things. Well, she was given the best wedding gift from her hubby, a castle. <laughs> she yeah. was given a That'll castle. Alex, where's my castle, please? Megan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Castle Cheshtitz. Cheshtitzau. <laughs> Are you cursing or not? Can't yes. Can't tell what's happening over Castle Cheshtitzau. Okay. Yeah, I think it's that's my second I think favorite I... adult film. <laughs> 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 well, it's in ruins now, but you can go and visit it if you want. Oh, um, fun. Which seems very interesting, but it'd be very dark and scary. But back to Ferenc. Uh, apparently, he was, a, he was a, a very powerful soldier. He was known for his brutality against his enemies, which even kind of freaked out his allies. Nice. They're like, oh, that, that guy, like he can get it done, but oh my God. <laughs> but his his brutality did not scare his wife, Urjabet. Oh my goodness. Mm, someone leaving their notifications on. I'm sorry. I am a popular person. It was an app. <laughs> For clarification, everybody. Because I sold a shirt on Poshmark. It was an app notification, not a person. <laughs> Anyways. Don't be rude. So her her husband did not frighten her in the least bit. She was like, this is cool, man. She knew what was metal. <laughs> she knew it was metal. <laughs> but apparently he taught her all sorts of different type of torture. As one does. Yeah, as one does. Like, uh, apparently he taught her how to... She, he would roll up little pieces of oiled p- paper, and he would put them between the toes of their servants, and then light them on fire. Man, I would hate to be a servant in Hungary. Yeah, I know. Good For real. Lord. 
Yeah, these servants did not have so very just let them lives. do it. They're just like, sure. Yeah. Well, what yeah. else are you gonna do? You know, you yeah. go against the king. Do you know what the punishment for treason was back then? Well, Drawing and quartering. <laughs> he wasn't even the king, though. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was well, Matthias. Royalty in general. Yeah, royalty. Um, but he also apparently gave Elizabeth a clawed glove at one oh, point to slap around Lord. their servants what? with. Tell me what a clawed glove is. Is it, is it, is it like glove with, with claws? <laughs> oh, claws. claws. Okay. I, I, I thought you said clawed glove. Oh, I was like, like, was it like a dirt cloud? I love how that was like how naive you are that you thought that it was like. Something to make the, the servants dirty. No, no, no. I thought it was like agony. Like, I thought it was like balls or something. They'd be oh, smacking no, around. No, no. Okay. Oh, man. Imagine Claw. that. Claw. Imagine going to a blacksmith and asking for that. He'd probably piss himself and then make it. Yeah. For, for real. Especially if Ferrance came and asked for it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I like to imagine that that was a Christmas gift. Can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine getting that for Christmas? Oh. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> she did love it, though. She apparently used it all the time. But um, sadly or not so sadly, Ferenc died in mm. 1604 after a bout illness. Yeah. Um, they were married for 20, 29 years, though. So oh, they wow. actually, I think they actually legitimately liked each other. Yeah. And they had five or possibly six kids. Oh, that's dark in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> a couple that tortures together stays yeah. together, yeah, like I guess. Of, yeah, exactly. But people say that after... Ferenc died, she became even more sadistic with her, her treatment of her servants. So, so he was keeping her chill. Yeah, he was, he was, he was <laughs> keeping her chill to some extent. Um, but she had a lot of bad influences uh, when, she was, when she was growing up. I'm going to call this, this group of people her murder crew. Ooh, fun. Yeah, she had a murder crew. And her murder crew included Anna Dalvoya, who was rumored to be a witch. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, likely was. There was uh, a lot of things that I read said that she kind of dabbled in witchcraft herself, mm. which I guess was, it was normal for the time. Um, yeah. It was another time. <laughs> it was another time. <laughs> yeah, but Dalvoya, I read so- that while uh, Ferenc taught her how to be cruel, Dalvoya taught her how to murder. Mm. Yes. Thank you, biographics. I have for- a quick question. What? Did they give themselves the title Murder Crew, or they just called that? No, I just I called it that's that. A, that's a very awesome name. That's like, that's like a great roller derby team name. Yeah. yeah. The Murder Crew. The Murder Crew. Murder Squad. <laughs> Call them what you want. They were not nice. Um, so there was Anna Dalvoya, Iona, Joe, who watched after her kids. Sorry, her <laughs> nanny. Babysitter. Yeah, babysitter. Uh, this is my favorite. Which is, she's actually one of the worst, but her name was Dorka. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dorka. I would be pissed if that was my name, too. But she was just a friend. And then there was Catalan, possibly Katrina, because I've kind of seen different names for her. But she was a washerwoman. And then there was Fitzko. Okay. He sounded like the fun one of the bunch. No, he there. was a disfigured he... teen that oh. they... I, recruited, I guess. Yeah, they recruited. And then she also had an assistant who kind of came in later called Urgy... Majorova, Urgy, Urgy, yeah, Urgy, um, but she was a witch too, uh, of course, yes, and she was called a lady steward, so she was just one of Elizabeth's assistants, yes, uh, okay, yeah, her lady steward. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm getting, I'm gonna start coughing with that. I'm trying not to. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I need to get the <laughs> Stepped into the kitchen to get water. 
for some reason. I was hoping I could do it silently, but no. Say la vie. Say la vie. But according to testimonies, uh, Elizabeth's initial victims, this is really sad. She had a very specific demographic for her victims. Um, She killed young girls. Yes. So most of her victims, at at least in the beginning, were castle servants, um, young girls between the ages of 10 and 14. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, And she later moved on to daughters of nobility. I guess that she started to run out of peasant children. And so she eventually moved up to a higher class of victim. Um, it's more challenging. Well, she opened up something called a gymnasium, which uh, was basically a school. So she, and I, I read that Urgy uh, Majorova, she kind of recommended that Elizabeth kind of start moving on to a higher class of victim uh, because it would be better for her in the long run for right. some reason. Uh, yeah. There, uh-huh. I can elaborate on that. Yeah. Um, elaborate. Uh, her chief motivation wasn't just sadism. Uh, according to at least the myths that I've heard, she was getting older. She was getting crow's feet. She was getting wrinkles. Her hands were getting a little wrinkly. And one day she noticed that she, when she got blood on her hand, probably from hitting somebody with that clawed glove, uh, that it made the, the skin look smoother. So she concluded that bathing or, or wiping or abluting herself in the blood would revitalize her youth. So it stands to reason. Of course, back then, the, the magical view of blood is that the higher the class a person, the higher the qualities a person, the higher the vitae or, or, or qualities that they have is in their blood. So you kill a beautiful girl, you kill a noble girl, those elements are going to be absorbed into you. It's fetishism. You know, you see this in ancient societies, too. You eat your enemy's heart to get brave. You bathe in a young girl's blood to get pretty. Well, I'll, ta- <laughs> I'll talk a little bit more about that whole bathing in blood thing All right. uh, in a little while. But that, I think, is why the nobles were the... Yeah. Yeah. That was what Urgy... Urgy um, knew what was up. Ur- yeah, Urzy recommended. Urzy. But so she started, she started moving on to these, um, I guess more noble girls, which ultimately ended up getting her into more trouble in the end. I would imagine. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause uh, you know, the, the count ha- or the count is people like what happened what, to my daughter. Yeah, I sent her there to learn her manners and now right. she's dead. So yeah, not a smart idea, but some of the things that Elizabeth Bathory is accused of doing to her victims. And there were a lot of different things that she did, but one of them was poking her victims with needles, oh. especially in her fingernails. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she would burn them with hot tongs and then dip them in ice water. She would leave them outside to freeze or she would beat them up so badly and then throw them over the side of her castle so that the dogs could get them. She would bite them. She would bite flesh out of them. And she also apparently, some say that she was a cannibal herself and some say that she would kill people and then make the servants eat the people that she killed. So yeah, she was very dark and very sadistic. I'm glad I didn't work for her. Yeah, she's the only of the three we're covering that I, I think you could fairly call a monster. Yeah. I mean, others are debatable, but, I mean, every every motivation she seemed to have seemed to stem expressly from sadism and psychopathy. Well, some people say that all of these accusations aren't even true, which I'll talk about in a little Ooh. while. But uh, other people say that the reason she was so mean was because of all of her influences, <laughs> which she did have a lot of influences, but her Fun tidbit, her parents were also first cousins, um, which probably contributed to, it could have contributed to her. Mental instability. Yes, mental instability. That's a good way to put it. 
So how was she caught, you guys? Can't remember. I, th- I didn't think she ever was. Uh, well, a local minister in the uh, the kingdom was like, he accused her publicly because, I mean, all these kids are yeah, disappearing. The stones on that guy. Everyone yeah. but yeah. Your, <laughs> everyone's child but yours have gone missing. Yeah. Well, all these, you know, all these people are, are disappearing. And when she had her gymnasium opened, you know, noble children were dying. Yeah. And she she claimed that one of them went crazy and killed a whole bunch of them and then committed suicide. So, you know, you can't kind of deny, like, it's kind of strange that every every person that goes yeah. to your school is all of a sudden <laughs> dying. I noticed you have zero people enrolled in your school. Now. Yeah. So, um... Great at killing, horrible at lying. Yeah. This, uh, this local minister kind of accused her publicly of pointing out, complaining, and drawing attention to this fact. And then there were also parents of, of these children who were complaining, my daughter's, you know, dead, along with, like, you know, 50 other girls. Oof. Yeah. And so the king was kind of like, uh, uh, okay, I guess we'll look into her. And so he assigned one of his representatives, Georgi Thurzo, which I love that name. That's another fun name to say. <laughs> Georgi Thurzo. He assigned him to the case, and he had Thurzo kind of – do some investigating. And he collected testimonies from more than 300 different people. Mm. Eventually, after talking to 300 different people who told him, oh, this is what's going on behind castle doors. She's in there uh, with a torture room doing all these horrendous things to these little girls. And, you know, after he talked to a couple dozen people about the exact same thing, he was pretty much convinced of her guilt. So he was all like, Urgebet is guilty, y'all. Okay. Yes. And also, I thought this was uh, interesting. Thurzo interviewed some of her family members. And I, I don't think that any of them were like, yeah, she did it. But they definitely did not say, oh, she's innocent. Wow. Yeah, they did not really? deny her guilt. So in December of 1610, Thurzo decided he finally had enough evidence to go and arrest her. And so when he went to go arrest her... Uh, he and his men walked up to the castle and I thought it was kind of funny. Like I can just picture it in my brain, but she and um, Major Ova run out and cast a pr- protective spell on the castle. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just picture them. And they like cast this protective spell. Oh but gosh. then Thurzo and his crew just keep walking. And they're like, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyways, they ran back inside and, and apparently when Thurzo and his crew got up to the door, there was one mutilated body in the doorway. Oh, well. And two more people dying inside. That's pretty kind of convenient. red flag, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so she and her... And when they went into the castle, her murder crew was apparently inside torturing more people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so she was, she was arrested at that point. Yeah. But since she... Because of her status, she never actually went to trial. They just arrested her. But she... Um, she was arrested, never went to trial... But she was um, kind of... Excommunicated? No, she was bricked up into one of her, her dungeons. Yeah. They, they bricked her. They, like, they fed her and stuff, though. Yeah. It's way better oh. than what she deserved. Like, I mean, if I, if I was a nobleman and my daughter had been brutally murdered, I think I would have to find some way to get her smuggled into my territory and then do some Game of Thrones stuff to her. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Well, Bathory blamed everything on her murder crew. She said, they made me do it. What happened to her murder crew? Um, well, <laughs> they, they actually... They, they got the actual yeah. punishment. Yeah, yeah, most of them. Most of them did. Dorka, uh, Majorova, and Fitzgo were all killed. 
Apparently, the two girls... Oh, wait, no. It was Iona, Joe, Dorka, and Fitzko. I can't remember what happened to Majorova, but... Iona and Dorka apparently had their fingers pulled off before they were Good. thrown into a fire. It's yeah, probably for the best. I was going to say, if you steal and you get sewn into a horse, that's actually yeah. kind of child's play. Yeah. And then Fitzgo was beheaded, I think, and then and then burned. But then Catalan apparently was the nicest of the murder crew. Yeah. You call it that? Okay. Yeah. Apparently she had the, uh, she was a little softer. And she would she would actually get beaten herself yeah. for sneaking food to some of the victims. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a boy band. She's the nice one. Yeah, she's yeah, she's the nice one. <laughs> so she was just sentenced to life imprisonment. Yeah. And then, as I said, Bathory was bricked up in one of her dungeons. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, how many victims do you guys think she had? <sighs> it's gotta be in the hundreds. I didn't think it was going to be that many, but then when you said they walked in and they were already killing three people at once, I'm like, this number's going to be way higher than I was thinking, because I was thinking like 50. Guess a hard number, you guys. 312.1. Because <laughs> somebody got their toast up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would have said yeah. like 115 or something. Uh, the total n- numbers of victims varies. Nobody knows for sure. That's how it is. But it seems to be between... <clears throat> 80 victims and 650, if not ooh, more. Ooh, that's, that's, that's a, a heck difference. of a spread. Yeah. <laughs> but with there being three people dying at the same time, it's got to be over 80. Yeah, yeah. if that's true. The, the hardest thing about it is that these are all, you know, this is somebody saying, oh, this is what happened. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of it is hearsay. So that's where it kind of gets a little tricky. Um, what, what years were these taking place again? Uh, this was the 1600s, early okay. 1600s. She actually ended up dying on August 21st, 1614. Good day for the world. She she uh, passed away inside her little dungeon. Hmm. But some people say that she didn't do any of this stuff, actually. Which I, after reading everything, and they have like actual like testimonies from people. I didn't get to read any of them, obviously, because apparently they're all pretty pretty secret. Yeah, I think that I read something that said that they were just kind of kept in a book in like a government building in, I guess, Slovakia now. Yeah. 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 Weird. Yeah. You can read them apparently, but I couldn't find any, any copies online. Interesting. But a lot of people think that it's also possible that she was a woman in power. And so they think that some pe- some some of the people could have conspired against her because they wanted all of her stuff. That's quite the conspiracy. I was about to say. Well, that and that's, a lot of dead kids. Yeah, a lot of a lot of kids missing, and I mean, all of the things that were accused of her were very specific mm. for the time. So, but usually they can cut. They would accuse a woman of doing something much less evil than yeah. murder yeah. to get her out of her position. Exactly. Yeah. Heresy, for example, something yeah. Yeah. that flipped that, that I, I think she's guilty. I think, guilty. That, <laughs> I think that she did a lot of really bad things. Yeah. I, I personally think that she was an absolute monster. Mm. I did. I've never met the woman, but she did. No, thank God. <laughs> Praise God. But also like looking at her pictures, like if you look up a picture of her online, she just looks so bored. In all of her little paintings. Sneeze. But she was apparently very pretty. Yeah. Especially after she bathed in the blood of her victims. Yeah, yeah but did she actually do that? The answer is probably not. Oh. Yes. And it's funny because it's Kinda like we were we were researching vampires, but she actually never consumed blood. Yeah. And they say that they think that the 
accusation of her bathing in the blood of her victims is not true because in all the testimonies, there was no mention of bloodbaths. Interesting. There's no mention of bloodbaths, but there was a lot of people saying that the dungeon was always covered in blood. Hmm. So people kind of think that it's possible that that was kind of exaggerated from some of the testimonies over time. Hmm. Yeah. To make her seem even more evil. Hmm. But yeah, there, there's actually no proof of her bathing in the blood of her victims. Yeah, but she did bite someone. Yeah. She did. She bit people. That's true. She bit people. Got a little blood there. Yeah. Her, her stories definitely contributed to the, the vampire myth. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's hard to find a female vampire in any medium without there being some bathory elements there. Yeah. She, some say that she was actually the key inspiration for Bram Stoker's Yeah, Dracula. for Dracula. Uh, I can kind of see that. Yeah. And as, we, as we've as we mentioned, mine is definitely the darkest story of all of these people. <laughs> we'll, see. Um, we'll, we'll see. I guess I'm going the second. Yes, so, Alex is also very dark. Mine's and, dark, but again. Uh, who did you cover? <laughs> all right. Well, I'm doing Vlad Tepes. 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 Chapo. Okay. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. No, Vlad the Third. Or Dracula. Or the even worse persona, Vlad the Impaler. Ooh. Nice. And he was called Dracula. The reason he was called Dracula was his dad was this guy who was involved in this organization called the Order of the Dragon. And he went by the name Dracula. It means which, it which, means dragon. Which means dragon. And his son went with uh when he was born, went by the name Dracula, which just means son of the dragon. And that's pretty much where all the Dracula came from and where all of the Bram, the Bram Stoker got the name from because he didn't do a whole lot else to be, even though he's associated with vampires so much, he didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, he might be involved with some stakes, uh, <laughs> which are a common association with vampires. But he... Uh, yeah, I was I was tell you about it. And by that. stake, you mean like a piece of wood that you use to. Yes. You don't mean like he did a not piece run of a steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, well, you welcome you, to Vlad Steakhouse. You, you use it for skewers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so go on. Just a different type of meat, anyway. Uh, Dracula didn't really even exist much in history until Bram Stoker, because he got the medieval times were bad. I don't know if y'all knew this, but everybody was doing heinous, heinous things. So he was just kind of falling by the wayside uh, until he was pretty much resurrected by Bram Stoker. Uh, So let me get into the history of Vlad's origins so I can set the stage for his future atrocities. (laughs) So all this takes place in the 15th century. So here's the spark notes. He was born in 1431 in Transylvania. It's like this uh, area in modern-day Romania. And his father was, as I said, Dracula, or Vlad II, ruler of Wallachia. It's a, it's a located in South Transylvania. All so right. Go on. So essentially this big conflict between, in, between Christian Europe and the Ottoman Empire is happening. And his, his uh, Wallachia is in the dead center of it. And his dad is tricked by the Ottomans. And they kidnap him and his brother. So they, they so kidnap Vlad and his brother. He was taken by the Turks. Yeah. Taken by the Turks. They're captive. And while they're there, they actually get trained. 
By they, the Turks? They get, yeah. I was surprised because I can't. And some stories say that they were tortured a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. I but say. some say they were tortured a little bit. And that that's where Vlad actually saw the first impalings. That they weren't the first impalings, but they were the first ones he saw. Mm-hmm. And that he implemented later. But there's some dispute on whether that's true or not. Mm-hmm. So... In his training, he became a skilled horseman, a skilled warrior. He learned about science, philosophy, all kinds of things. Uh, so it sounded like a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, those Ottomans <clears throat> sound all right. His his brother even got trained and even converted to Islam. So, but the thing is, Vlad never really got over being kidnapped. Yeah, he yeah. was he was pretty mad about it, and it didn't get much better because Vlad's family took a turn for the worse. <laughs> so his father was ousted from Wallachia. And they killed him out in the swamps. Took him out to these swamps, beheaded him, killed him out there. Mm. And then his older brother was tortured, blinded, and then buried alive. So you might be able to see where Vlad's coming from. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually. So we don't know whether these are the events that really turned him into Dracula, but they are. I mean, come on. These are these are pretty horrible. So eventually they release him because they're like, you're screwed. Your kingdom's taken. What are you, you going to do? Yeah. What, what good is do? a political hostage with no political. Right. So what are you going to do? So they release him. Well, this is where it all begins. So eventually he goes, goes there. He takes it back. Rumors are that he, in one-on-one combat, defeats their leader and beheads him. Man. And takes over. I'm picturing Liam Neeson, like kidnapped, <laughs> holding a grudge, taking it back. Man. I like him already. <laughs> <laughs> so his lands are like in ruins and there's a lot of traitors there that turned on his dad because they were involved in killing him in the swamps. Mm-hmm. Some of the people actually live there. So yeah, exactly. I will find you and I will kill you. And that's pretty much what he did. So in an effort to consolidate power, because no, everyone's going to find him on who the actual ruler is. Yeah. Because they already turned on his dad. Why wouldn't they turn on him? Yeah. Everybody come over. This is going to be a running theme you're going to see. (laughs) He loves to have a meal with his enemies right before he horrendously murders all of them. (laughs) So he brings them over to the banquet, stabs all, has them all stabbed, and then puts them while they're still alive on giant sticks. So I didn't realize that when they impaled somebody, they were... Still alive. Oh yeah, that's the way to do it. But not only that, <laughs> but not only that, they can live for a couple of days. They can live for a couple of days. They can live for a couple of days if they do it right. So it's they even started. Though. They even started doing it where everyone thinks of the poles with the sharp ends. They started doing it with smooth, round end edges, mm. so that it wouldn't damage any organs on the way through. It's death by gravity. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they. They. they this was an art form. And, <laughs> and Vlad I mean, is Michelangelo. Yeah, I mean, seriously, he like he loved this stuff. At first, it was revenge. <laughs> At first. At first, it was revenge. And it was a really good revenge for him. But it very quickly turned into cruelty. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so... Oh, Alex is laughing. That means, that means we're about to hear something terrible. I mean, yeah, they're all terrible. They're all really terrible. But, uh... So there was this time where he invited some Turks. Or no, he didn't invite them. The uh, I guess the rival leader sent his sent some Turks over to talk to him. About well, what? Well, the, 
maybe work some things out. Yeah. Hey, maybe I can hang your country and I won't kill you. It's, it's better to have peace than war sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, they walked in. They had tur- they had their turbans on as their, their custom and their religion. And they, they said there was no disrespect. They said, it's our religion. We're just going to keep these on. He said, that's fine. Let me help you keep those on you forever. And he nails the turbans to all their heads. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was a little offended that no one would take their hat off for him. Gotta have manners. As you can see, things things turn pretty quickly. <laughs> for uh, Revenge becomes something much worse. So by the time he gets done, and I'm, I got some more stories, but by the time he gets done, he's killed tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Some, the upper estimates are 100,000. Lower estimates are 80,000. <laughs> so there's a big gap there, but even if you lowball it, the <laughs> man murdered a lot of people. What was the population back then? Uh, like Wallachia? Or yeah. Before, before or after? <laughs> yeah, that's the big <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that the Ottoman Empire, their demographics went down a lot. Yeah, I would say so. But his methods were working because... He's vastly outnumbered. The Ottoman Empire is way stronger than what he's got going on. So essentially what happened was there, uh, the Ottoman leader, he was coming to talk to Vlad. Or they, they, his army was coming to attack. And he sees, the guy said it was about like 10,000 impaled bodies just sitting there. And he made a hard left and left. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't even bother going there. Yeah, like it was mind. that horrifying. Obviously even, you can't, you can't. Talk to crazy. And people reported, and this is something that actually did happen, him dining with impaled bodies all around him. Ew. And there's a little interpretation difference of it, but that he would, as the blood dripped from all these corpses, he would dip his bread in it and eat it. Now, there is some dispute in the translation that maybe he was washing his hands rather than dipping bread in it. Yeah, one's totally normal. <laughs> right, right. So either way, he's doing something absolutely crazy. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's invited people to come eat. Like, just, hey, come eat. And they walk in and there's impaled bodies everywhere. And they're <laughs> okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> where, where did they put all of these bodies? Just throw them in I mean, graves? they are. Everywhere. That's the best thing about impalement. You don't have to worry about burial. You let this, the birds do yep, the work. The birds. Ooh. Yeah, the birds get to oh, it. Man. And what a great apart. time to be a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you got an all you can eat buffet almost every day. So Vlad wasn't limited to just impaling and nailing turbans. <laughs> and this is one James actually alerted to me. Now, I couldn't find the first part of the story you told me. No worries. But I'm going to go ahead and tell that part of it. Okay. So. James mentioned that there was a, uh, in an effort to, I guess, bring, I guess, riches or more economy to the area, he invited the peasants to come and he would give them some free land. And when they, when he did this, (laughs) we were talking about (laughs) this, we all kind of pictured him being like at a career fair and behind the booth, like, come get some free land. Come get some free land. Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, one guy shows up, and you know when you offer something free, and you're the king, or I guess you're not technically a king, but especially the land. ruler of the land. Yeah, that's not a great thing. Turnout, right? Yeah. So Vlad does what he does best. He has a banquet, <laughs> <laughs> oh 
and all the peasants come. And this part is true. I know this. This is this is where the I, I found the story. <laughs> so all the peasants who didn't come to get his free land to work and farm came for the food at the banquet. They came for the food. To, to be fair, I don't know if I can even call them peasants because these people weren't working before, so they're just bums. They they should have been peasants, but they weren't. They weren't even peasants. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's anyone who wants to come to this feast that. He's throwing. Mm. So he sits, he eats with everybody. They all have fun. And then Vlad's just like, I'm going to step out for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to step out. I'm going to go use the bathroom. Uh, well, he walks out the front door, <laughs> lights a match, and burns down the whole building with everybody inside. Oh, my God. The good thing, <laughs> no poverty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no sick. Everybody's healthy in the kingdom of Wallachia. So it's just Vlad and the one guy who came for the <laughs> yeah. <life. laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man. but apparently, and I didn't realize this, this started a penchant for burning things down for no reason. Oh, no. He would do things, he would do it for reasons. And then sometimes he would burn a village down with no concrete reason. So he just became a pyromaniac after that. I mean,. Wouldn't you? I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Oh man, I'm kidding. But yeah, can you imagine being like, "Oh, I don't feel like going to the uh, to the banquet. I'm just gonna stay home today and hang out on my couch." And then you find out what happened, and you're just like, yeah. "Wow, I'm glad there's, I missed that." There's probably at least one lucky person like that. Yeah. So, needless to say, he got such a reputation that people quit going to his banquets. Yeah. Because no one usually left alive. Uh, this was a really cool, this is one last, well, yeah, this is one last really cool one. He had this golden cup that he kept in the town square. <laughs> a golden Solid cup. gold cup. Worth a lot of money. All right. Worth a lot of money. About 60,000 people lived around this. 60,000 peasants lived oh, around this thing. Wow. He kept it in the square, and the rule was you can drink from it, but it can't leave this area. Not a single town did it leave that area. This is the greatest leader I've ever seen. I mean, seriously. He got rid of poverty. He got rid of war. He got rid of crime. I mean, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did go to show how effective his methods were. Yeah. yeah. Was it I mean, nobody moved this well, like unbelievably, first of all, a lot of people, priceless cup. There was probably no one to move it. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably uh-huh. true. I mean, at the time, it says that there was about 60,000 people living around this. Mm. And no Golly. one took it. No one. Man. Where is it now? Does anybody know? <laughs> I don't know if they would get track of the Golden Cup. <laughs> we don't have to look into that. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. I mean, eventually, he kind of got what he deserved. The Ottomans ambushed him and cut off his head and... Of course, hung it in front of there. Yeah. So he kind of had it coming. And nobody knows where his body is. So Nobody knows he where probably, his body is. He might even be the headless horseman. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Vlad. Good wow. story. He's kind of a... Wild uh, and crazy guy. It's kind of amazing. You kind of see where he comes from at the beginning. And it's kind of like Breaking Bad. You see where he's coming from at the beginning, but then he goes way too far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah. All right. So well, that's that's my. What about you, James? Well, I got the nice guy of the three. Um, he didn't kill anybody, as far as I know. And Comte de Saint Germain, if that's his real name, because this guy was quite the mystery. He lived. See, even even his birthday is is questionable. It was somewhere between presumably 1691 and 1712. So that's that's a pretty good gap. And he died in 1784. Assuming he died at all, <laughs> and more on that in a minute. But uh, this this fella, he shows up among the high society in the middle of the 18th century, and everybody loves this guy. All these noble women, all these kings and counts and viscounts, and all everybody. If you were part of the gentry, you heard of this guy and you loved him. He was like a celebrity. Where was he again? Where was he? He yeah. was all over the place, actually. The Netherlands, France, England, everywhere. So everywhere he went, people just fell in love with him. Everywhere he went, people fell in love with him. Uh, he was called himself the Comte de Saint-Germain, and he said that he was the son of Francis II Rakosi of Transylvania. Ooh. Yeah. But that's all speculation. Nobody actually knows where he came from. There's all these myths about, like, well, no, I mean, there's no concrete evidence who, what his name was, where he was from. We only know a few things. We know he must have been very well educated, and we know he was really into magic. That's what we know. Those are the two things so just for like sure. Little card tricks. No, <laughs> more like the he he offered. Let me make, let me make this body disappear. Uh, <laughs> the cool magic, the, the magic that gets you arrested. Okay. Um, not the not the David Blaine stuff. Um, yeah. Oh man, what a, it's it's just hard to separate the myth from the reality because the man himself was constantly t- telling things that it's just like. Absurd. Voltaire called him the Wonder Man, sarcastically, because the man would talk about historical events to all these princesses and whatnot, about, you know, wars that took place 500 years ago that he saw. He was there. He claimed to be centuries, if not millennia, old. And a lot of people believed him because he would talk about these battles like he'd been there. He claimed that he was educated by the last Medici which that, that much is possibly true because uh, the son of the, the actual uh, Transylvanian royalty, he did send his son away and the Medicis did have a huge feud with the uh, Habsburgs and so did that count. So that's actually, there are some people who theorize that that's actually where he came from. He was the son of the count. He had to change his name to protect himself because the Habsburgs, the other big players in Europe, did not like that particular family. So they wanted their, the son dead. That being said, there's all these myths. Some people even say he was just an Alsatian Jew who became a con man. And that's important that I mention that he's a Jew because his uh, his most famous book, Le, Le Très Sainte Trinosophie, the um, holy threefold philosophy, it's riddled with Kabbalah, which in the Middle Ages, you didn't have a lot of Gentiles practicing Kabbalah. Uh, for for everybody who doesn't know, Kabbalah is sort of an occult, mystic Jewish art. Isn't Madonna? Yes. Into- well, she's into Kabbalah. I'm making air quotes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this book, I mean, the dude was a polymath. The dude was amazing. He spoke all these languages. He he knew all about history. He knew about chemistry. He Here's a song that he played, or composed rather. Listen to this. This is music straight from him. 
That's just a tiny piece of like 20 or 30 compositions he made. He wrote books. He, he was, uh, I, I keep mentioning that he's a historian because that's just so important because that's how he really wowed people. He would just talk about, you know, oh man, Thermopylae. Let me tell you about Thermopylae. Oh, we were, we were just outnumbered. I mean, he would talk about things like he was there and people believed that he was there. And people who didn't believe that he was there tended to not like him. But even a lot of these royal people, when they would hear these stories, especially the women, they would laugh at how absurd they were, but they still loved him. So even the people who didn't believe him loved him and loved his stories. Um, and then at some point he got sick and his death is recorded. So he did die. Or did he? Because there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a second part to this. You see, in the uh, early 20th century in America, New Orleans, to be precise, which everybody associates with vampirism, in the French Quarter, a fella shows up named Jacques Saint-Germain. And people notice right off the bat, say, your name is Saint-Germain. And we've seen some paintings of uh, the Comte de Saint-Germain, and you guys look identical. And that was 200 years ago, so what's up? And he would tell them, <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. I descended from him. And that's what he would tell people. This would, Bear in mind, this is in Louisiana in the 1900s, okay? That's messed up in and of itself. But then he starts doing the same thing. He starts telling people... Oh, oh, you want to talk about uh, uh, Napoleon's army? Oh, man, let me tell you, it was rough being in Napoleon's army. He, would, <laughs> he started wooing, the, the not necessarily the nobility, but the upper crust of New Orleans with these same kinds of stories. Now, that's messed up in and of itself. I've saved a little piece of something that happened to the original Comte de Saint-Germain to tie it together with what's going to happen with this guy. Because later on, at some point, He's living there. Everybody loves him, just like everybody loves Comte de Saint-Germain. And one day he takes a lady of the evening to his lovely uh, French Quarter apartment. And she goes running, screaming into the night, out of his front door, with a bite mark on her neck, claiming he tried to suck her blood. Now, the authorities get wind of this because she goes to them, and they do what any authority figure at the time seeing that would do. They say, you're crazy. He'd never do something like that. We love that guy. <laughs> but they contact him anyway, and they tell him, you need to come down to the station and clear this up. And he says, okay. He sends his little message, you know, I'll be right there. But he doesn't. When they get to his apartment after he never shows up the next day, all his belongings are gone except for a bunch of bottles, which are filled with a mixture of wine and human blood. Ooh. So that's weird. Yeah. Well, something's almost identical happened that almost got the original Comte de Saint-Germain arrested in the Netherlands. And it just got sort of brushed off until he, you know, in because air we, quotes, died. We don't know. Because we love that guy. Because we love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's inspired countless vampires in fiction. He's in manga. He's in anime. He's in video games. He's in books. He's in television. And he, and he's sort of, you know, Bathory is the cruel vampirus. Vlad is the monstrous supernatural vampire. Saint Germain, he's, or Comte de Saint Germain, he's more the aristocratic vampire. You know, he drank blood from a wine glass. He, he doesn't really want to hurt people in and of itself. He's, he's a polymath. He's, he's noble. He's classy. And he's classy. He's a classy <laughs> fellow. So 
that's that's pretty much what I got from the guy. I mean, uh, there's all sorts of other myths. Again, the occultism cannot be understated. The guy wrote an immense book about astrology and Masonic stuff and alchemical stuff and Kabbalah stuff. Some people claim he was a Templar. Uh, Cagliostro, the occultist who came around the same time period, but he was, you know, ultimately, I think he was executed, if I remember right, in the Inquisition. He was a, he was a magician, occultist kind of magician, magic with a K. He claimed that he was given that book and it was found on him. Cagliostro was found on his person during the Spanish Inquisition when he was arrested. Some people say that Cagliostro wrote it. I don't buy that for a second because Cagliostro was smart, but only, I think, a Renaissance man like the Comte de Saint-Germain would write something this complicated, this, I mean, it's it's like stories within stories and they're all allegories for different concepts. It's, it's like physics for wizards. That's what he wrote. It's huh. amazing, which is where he claimed to live forever for. That goes back with the alchemical vampire. You know, in Dracula, it's not because he drank blood. It's because he used alchemy. Well, that's what Comte de Saint-Germain did. And he would even do these feats. That was another thing that he impressed the nobility with. He would take like a, a flawed diamond and he would use alchemy to turn it into a flawless diamond. That's something that was either a like a trick or it was if it was real alchemy, it's something we don't know how to do now. So, so you kind of mentioned there are different types of vampires. Yeah. Can you elaborate on those different types of vampires? Well, there's, there's countless incarnations of the myth. I mean, every culture views it through a different lens and every generation views it through a different lens. But I mean, what we've talked about today is sort of in the Trinity, the foundation of the vampire myth, at least in modern fiction and modern film and things. And I think that if you see most vampires today, they're usually an amalgam of the three that we're talking about. Like if you watch Blade, Deacon Frost, he's aristocratic. He's noble, but he's also cruel. And he also bathes in blood in order to become the blood god, if you guys recall. So he's kind of like a mixture. And you can see that with just about any vampire in fiction. Even a modern Dracula movie, usually there's elements of Bathory, Vlad, and the Comte de Saint-Germain. They're, they're all present. Wow. I didn't know about him. No, I've never heard of him. Actually, I didn't know about yours either. Yeah. The story I had heard was not yours. So I learned uh -huh. a whole bunch of new things today. Well, this has been fun, you guys. Yeah. So, do you think that? Uh, com, com, <sighs> do you think? Do you think that we could go and find him today? Today, yeah. I mean, he might even be in this room. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right. Well, that... well, well, no way. <laughs> So, do you think your person bathed in blood? Because that's the big no. myth around them, right? No, oh. I think that she was often covered in blood from <laughs> from her atrocious acts. Yeah. But I don't think that she ever really collected the blood of her victims and then bathed in it. It sounds a little too thematic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about you, James? Do you think your guy's actually still around? I mean, like, the logical part of my brain says no, but... The part of my brain that has a reaction to 10 when I touch it says yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. What about you, Alex? Your uh, guys. Whether he dipped things in, whether he dipped his bread in blood or not, uh, I could totally see him doing it. I mean, <laughs> he was clearly off his rocker eventually. <laughs> yeah. I guess after the first 10,000, you kind of you lose touch, maybe. <laughs> but. I mean, he definitely got his hands in bloody a little bit. Yeah. And I don't doubt that he washed his hands in blood. Uh, 
I am curious on how much of it was a show to just yeah. terrify everybody into staying in line. I think it's a lot of it. I mean, we see that even now. Like, you yeah. look at North Korea, I don't think that Kim's crazy. I think he just knows how to play the crazy guy so he gets what he wants. And that Vlad definitely got what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, he did. Because, like, at first, it's very clearly motivated. But it keeps going, and it gets more sadistic. Mm. And so I'm like, at what point did he did he actually lose it, or was it just playing the whole time? Because the Golden Cup proves that he had exactly what he wanted. Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> you could be crazy <laughs> and effective. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Very cool stories, though. Yeah, very cool stories. I mean, you know. You know what I mean. Yeah. Are we doing a drawing? Yeah. Yes, let me go get my, my sheets of paper. Okay. Ow. All do right. You, do you have them ready? No, they're over in here. Let me go grab Okay. Them. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We've got our little shoe filled with paper. All right. James, do you want to pull? Can do. <laughs> Tulpas. Tulpas. Okay, so next week we're going to be talking about Tulpas. Now, really quick, James. Just get, like, like, Twitter. What's a Tulpa? A Tulpa is a thought form. A Tulpa is what happens when you focus so hard that you create something real out of thought. Okay. There you go. So, like, me thinking, I really want a bowl of ice cream. You got to think really (laughs) hard. You got to believe it. Think, Think more like an imaginary friend who... Starts visiting your neighbors and your neighbors see him. Oh, oh that sounds absolutely terrifying. Okay, we'll <laughs> all that. right. So, well, we're going to be talking about tulpas next week. Yeah. And until then, oh, wait, wait, our music. Our music is by Grant Cook. It's called Signal. You can find him on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, anywhere you can find music. So, until next time, you guys, keep, keep it strange. strange. Ding, 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 ding.